Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We're back. Hour number two. And we're honoring veterans today on the Bob Cadero Show. Veterans we lost early in May. Jerome Rempe, DuPont, Dale Shellhammer, late of Las Vegas, but formerly of Hazleton and Drums. Gerald Higgins, Jerry Higgins of Manuka. Thomas Chorba. Late of Florida, but formerly Dixon City. John Trombetta from Scranton. And Jim George of Troop. Good good gang. Man, I'll, I'll get into their obituaries a little bit later. So John Perlow's with us, and we talked about, wanted to talk about um, the offensive that the Ukrainians are in the process of doing, I guess. I, I, I and and first of all, I want to welcome John Perillo. John, how are you? It's good to be here, Bob. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so tell us the um, offensive began. Is it being bogged down by that uh, flooding that the Russians caused? Well, there's a lot going on, and, and I, it was funny because I think your introduction was, was interesting because you used the words, I guess. And one of the things that you will find in any situation like this is there's a lot of guessing. We really don't know a lot of what's going on, and that's because neither side wants to tell us, right? The, the Ukrainians, you know, if they're doing well, they'll brag about what they're doing well, and if they're doing badly, they're not going to tell you, and the same thing for the Russians. So, you know, what we're getting is a little bit spotty. Um, and even the stuff that we get from official sources, for your listeners, I just caution that some of that's um, likely propaganda more than reality. So, mm-hmm. there's, so the sources that you know we use when we're actually trying to find this stuff, you're gonna you're gonna laugh. Uh, but some of this just comes from bloggers, people who have in the past been useful at providing information. The other thing we use is like uh, sometimes when people take a picture, there's there's what's called metadata attached to that picture. So what that means is anytime you use your iPhone and you take a picture, iPhone records a bunch of information about that picture. It records when you took it and it also does a little geo fencing about where that was. So it'll, it'll if you were to post that, 
anybody with the right technology could dig into that and figure out exactly where you were when you took the picture. So there's a little bit of that going on. So, you know, that's kind of what's going on. You know, so for your listeners, if, if, if nothing I'm telling you here is gospel, it's just as good as I can get at this point. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and as Bob did say, we do know that the Ukrainian forces intensified their counteroffensive over the, you know, starting last week and then again over the weekend. Uh, uh, President Zelensky acknowledged that as well, uh, and that they are actually trying to liberate some of these territories in the southeast parts of the, of the country. Uh, and we all knew that, but for operational reasons, as I was just saying, there's not a lot out there. But on, on Saturday, Zelensky did say that the counteroffensive, these are his words, the counteroffensive and respective defense actions are underway. And he goes on to say that it's important that Russia fully feels that they don't have much time left. And the reason why I wanted to quote that is that it's an, for your listeners, you know, we always used to say in the military that, that, the, that war is just politics using a different method, right? So what Zelensky is saying right there is that he wants his military to create enough pressure on Russia that they realize that they have to make some some tough decisions. They're out of time. Um, and then they either have to withdraw or offer some kind of a settlement that he thinks would be worthwhile. And he said the aim was to liberate, again, this is Zelensky talking, about 18% of the occupied territory in the so- southeastern region. So he's not saying that he's going to kick the Russians out. He, he used the phrase 18%, and he doesn't give any more details. So, again, in my mind, what that tells us is that he's looking to, to, to create enough pressure on the Russians that they either feel they need to have a settlement and that his own citizens feel like, you know, that 18% is something that enables them to claim some kind of a victory. So, you know, when you, when you look at it from the, from the outside, and you look at it in a non-military perspective, perhaps you can think about it as this is, the way that we see this starting to wind down. And again, this is just me talking. I have nothing beyond that uh, to, to say that that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ukrainian army did say that on Sunday they liberated a village in the Donetsk region, and that would mark a break in at least one layer of the Russian defenses. And Ukrainian soldiers on Sunday posted a video of them raising a country's flag in Balasante. So, you know, a little bit of a little bit there seems to be going their way. And then the Russians didn't have any comments on that claim. But the Russian defense minister did say that the Ukrainians have yet to break through this defensive line. So put those two things together and what you have are the Russians withdrawing a little bit. um, And then you also have the the Russian claim that they've destroyed some of Kiev's uh, advanced Western manufactured weaponry, including some of those German Leopard tanks. Yeah, some infantry fighting vehicles that we provided them and a French howitzer. And I tend to believe that that's true because we saw some pictures of them and the geofencing on that metadata does seem to indicate that they were in that area. And that would, that would lead us to believe that that's actually accurate. And uh, the Defense Ministry also of Russia published several videos showing uh, successful helicopter and drone strikes. Um, and again, the Ukrainians haven't acknowledged any of those losses, but they wouldn't. Right? Um, and then the Defense Ministry, again, for Russia, made some claims that, um, that, that you know, he's, he's been coming under some public criticism from the pro-war hardliners. Um, and in that sense, you know, the offensive seems to be working, right? So what's happening is that the Russians internally are creating pressure to either win or, or, or get out. And that, that means that Putin and his team is, is kind of pushing hard to get someplace going, uh, someplace further, uh, further west for them. And Putin admitted on Friday that 
um, he, his country, that the Russians are lacking some of the modern, sophisticated weaponry that they need to, to, to fight back. And that, that's an, a remarkable admission Isn't coming it? from Putin. Yeah. And, and he, it matches, he, didn't he point to ammunition shortages as well? Yes. Yes, and, he, and, and and I remember last week we mentioned a little bit about how none of the missiles they're using in their defense are, are, are predate 2022. So that means that the only missiles they can fire are those missiles that are produced and then driven to the to, to the war zone and then fired. And and in another fascinating spat, because I was, I was discussing, if you think about it in terms of the there's a pro-Russian military. Um, uh, part of the population, and then there's the get-the-heck-out military population. Think about any population has that same sort of dynamic going on. But what's interesting is that there is some struggle in the Defense Ministry of Russia to bring its own military forces under control. And there's been a long-running spat between their defense minister, whose name I won't even try to pronounce, and the paramilitary group Wagner. And you guys probably have heard of Wagner, but Wagner is essentially a private military group that was fund, funded by a guy named Pergozin. And he says that he is going to, he publicly said that he would resist any effort to make them subordinate to the defense ministry after the official chain of command for the defense ministry decreed that all Russian patchwork volunteer battalions were going to have to sign army contracts. So you have this public spat between Pergozin uh, and, and, and the regular military. And Pergozin went on to say that he would continue to answer only to Putin because, the, and his words, and I quote, and it was public, because the regular army can't run military units properly. And then he goes on to name a different Russian general, the Sergei Sirogkin, who he, he thought was somebody he could work with. So what a fascinating internal feud that's going on in Russia. I just thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. and, uh, and, and, side and Obviously at the wrong time, too, right. <laughs> for them. And- right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, but I mean, think of it. I mean, I was thinking back to to some of the U.S. spats that we've had in the military, and the, the one that obviously pops into mind is General MacArthur, right? He had, he had a tendency to to say things that were political, and it, it was. And Truman eventually canned him. He had to because you know uh, MacArthur just didn't know how, didn't know when to you know, withdraw to military matters and get out of political matters. But um, so we've had our share of these. I just, but again, it's a there was a Russian commander of an army unit in the region who said that some of the Wagner fighters had tortured him and stole several of his armored units from the Russian forces to use with the Wagner forces. Um, but anyway, as, as, as Bob alluded to, there was this collapse or this blowing, depending on who you believe, of the Ukrainian, uh, uh, I can't pronounce it, the dam. And that flooding actually has changed the front line somewhat because it's, it's narrowed the places where Either the Russians or the Ukrainians can can maneuver, and so that's kind of kind of driven them together. And we'll have to see the effects of that going on into the future. So, um, you know, I, I think what you're seeing again, and I apologize, I don't have a lot more information than that. But there is a there's a there's a lot going on there. There there's some uh, there's some. In my mind, there's a view that the Russians are doing better in the offense in the defensive than they did in the offensive, which kind of makes sense. Defense is generally almost easier to manage an offense. They're doing a pretty good job of using their mining capabilities and, and you know, they're, they're using some of their more effective units in this deployment. Um, and they've done a better job with their EW, their electronic warfare units, than they did on the offensive. And again, the reason why 
EW works better in the defense is that there's less to coordinate, right? So when you're, when you're moving forward and you're using combined arms, meaning your ground troops are working with your air troops or working with your artillery, that communication, that timing is critical. When you're in the defense and you're reporting on enemy positions, you can be a little more, um, you can hold back a little bit more on how quickly you communicate so that they're, they're using their EW, their electronic worker more now than they did in the opening sequence. And that was something else we discussed very early on in Monday Musings about this, uh, this offensive was how bad the Russians were using their EW there. The other thing that, that we're seeing is that the Ukrainians have really changed to lose, using night tactics. And the reason why they're doing that because they our night optics are everybody's seen, you know, the, the green view of the world through night vision goggles. Well, you know, there's first generation and that's that's pretty good. And the stuff that they're using now is very good. And it really does a does make a great advantage for the Ukrainians if they're using our stuff that way. So, um, you know, I, I think I think what you're seeing is, is you know, this down, this this counteroffensive occurring. I don't think it's quite as dramatic as Zelensky had wanted. I don't think it's. I don't think the defense is quite as good as the Russians had wanted, and uh, you know we're going to have to see what happens politically from here. So it's just really more of the same stalemate. And more of the same stalemate with, you know, I think we go back to the, the issue of what are we going to do? Right? It, it, for your listeners, this is all fascinating. You know, it's a, it's a half a world away. It does have implications to us for us, you know, both economically and politically with NATO, but then ultimately. And I hate to put it this way, but what we decide to do from a providing of weapons standpoint and specifically air power is going to determine the outcome of this thing. Um, Both sides have burned through their top line troops. You know, now you're getting into your reserves on both sides. Mm. Um, And and these things get, you know, it's going to get it's going to get ugly and we're into summer. And, you know, somebody has to make a decision whether we want this thing to end or or whether we're going to keep this thing going. And I can't see how Zelensky gets out of this and I can't see how Putin gets out of it. Quick question, quick question, because we're we're out of time. But um, do you have the prospects lessened or increased for the Russians to use nuclear weapons? That's a great question. Uh, I think that what Zelensky said about the 18% and the limited time, I read that as an opening for some kind of negotiated settlement. What 18%? Yeah. If, if Ukrainians are, are saying, hey, we want these couple of villages and, you know, a pathway to, the, to our warm water ports and, you know, we're going to give up on Crimea, I... I to me, one, I don't see how Zelensky does that because I think it's extremely difficult uh, in his position to negotiate. But if that's the settlement, then maybe that's an off-ramp for, for Putin, and in that case might lessen a little bit. Or it may just be creating enough ambiguity to buy them more time. Again, anybody who tells you they know more than that either works for the CIA or is not telling you the, the full story because we really don't know. Yeah, well, the CIA is too interested in domestic politics Uh, to know what the hell they're doing over there. (laughs) Uh, By the way, the same people, those are the same people who offered an escape route to Zelensky because they thought the Russians were going to take it, uh, take the whole country in three days. I mean, so yeah, intelligence uh, is almost non-existent (laughs) in the intelligence uh, world. (laughs) Hey, thank you, John. John, I want to, by the way, express my condolences to you and your family. 
Uh, I understand you, your, your mom that. had passed, and uh, uh, our our audience here and myself just want to express our condolences to you. That's very kind, Bob. I appreciate it. She was a, she was a wonderful woman, and I uh, one of these days we'll do a Monday musings on. Uh, on what motherhood means at some point. So um, uh, I'd love it. It was a great lady. Hey, John, next week, uh, I would love to have you talk and opine on this uh, potential Chinese intelligence operation in Cuba. And, Absolutely. And its implications and, you know, what the what the potential for the Chinese to gather is and all that kind of thing. Uh, so, so maybe next week's uh, Monday Musings. Uh, and, again, appreciate your insight uh, this, today. Thank you. And you, you and your listeners have a great day. And uh, thanks for joining us again and for giving me the opportunity to speak to you. I always appreciate it. All right, my friend. Thank you. John Perillo, Monday Musings. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I have fought. Against white domination. And I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons will live together in harmony and with equal opportunity. It is an idea for which I hope to live for and to see realized. But my Lord, if it needs be, it is an idea for which I am prepared to die. How about that? That's uh, June 12, 1971, Honeycone, the number one hit with want ads. And before that, 1964, I want you to imagine this. Nelson Mandela sentenced to life in prison, along with seven other people, for committing sabotage against the apartheid regime in South Africa. That was his speech at trial, part of it. 1964, he goes in. He doesn't get out until 1990. 
It's exhausting just to think of. I, I did a few years in prison. I, I get that. Bob Carroll back with you here on WILK. So, uh, somebody says, Bob, the implications of Ukraine's loss is that we would find out that both parties in Washington have been money laundering in Ukraine forever. That's why both parties are fighting like crazy for Ukraine to win. We don't know what the deep, dark secrets are. Uh, but <laughs> there are plenty of thoughts. And remember the bio labs? I mean, so there's a lot that we don't know that we should know definitively, yes or no, regarding our involvement in Ukraine. And, and part of that, if you recall, is this whole Burisma thing, and that Joe Biden had special charge of the Ukrainian portfolio as vice president. And that his son received this incredibly lucrative board seat on a Ukrainian energy company as Joe Biden was taking actions. And I told you last week... uh, Some people who saw the FBI report have indicated that it was about this Burisma thing and the firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. We've got to know these things. And there's plenty to know. All right, we're going to take this break. Bob Kadar with you, W-I-L-K. By the way, somebody else says, took your advice and tried the Highbridge house this weekend. We'll definitely go back. Thank you. I, 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 I get that all the time. People go to the Highbridge house. When I tell you about idle hours or the Marjon, Dunmore Lumber, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't just make it up. I, I mean it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use what limited trust you've given me and tell you something that wasn't so. We're going to have Brian Kelly on. He's the former U.S. attorney. He's going to come on at about 1130, and we're going to talk about this Trump indictment, get his expert analysis of it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what his thoughts are on it and what his legal analysis is. Uh you know, I could provide you mine, but why not have something even better? And we're honoring today veterans who we lost early in May. John Trombetta. He was from Scranton. U.S. Navy from 1950 to 1954. He was aboard the USS New Jersey during the Korean War. And he says his time in the Navy instilled in him a strong sense of duty and honor that he carried with him throughout his life. Thomas Chorba. He was late of Florida, but originally from Dixon City. Pennsylvania National Guard. And uh, he, he was there for 30 years. Jerry Higgins of Manuka. Wife Yvonne survives him. And uh, went to South Scranton High School. He enlisted right after that, serving in Korea for a year. 
when he was at Lincoln Air Force Base. Dale Shellhammer, late of Las Vegas, but originally from Hazleton, and he lived most of his life in drums. He was another Vietnam vet. He was a wheeled vehicle mechanic. Uh, Numerous medals and awards in his military career. Jerome Rempe, DuPont. And uh, he was United States Navy during the Vietnam War as well. And then Jim George, Troop. Listen to the United States Navy during uh, basic training. He was stationed in Lakehurst, New Jersey. And I was stationed there at Fort Dix as well. And uh, then he was a newspaper guy. I remember Jim George well. remember reading his stuff. That's our veterans that we're talking about and honoring today and paying tribute to. Just want to remind you, our hourly sponsors, Dunmore Lumber Company, 622 South Blakely Street, Dunmore. They can match the big box on selection, service, and price, and they destroy them when it comes to convenience. They'll take care of you at Dunmore Lumber. And the Marjon. My home golf course. Best bargain in golf, 21 bucks. I, next time I'm not getting a cart, I'm going to walk, though. Uh, I'll get a pull cart. Cutie and I got a cart, and uh, but but it's not even it's twenty one bucks with a cart to play nine holes. I, I, <laughs> and then the food is fantastic. We had sausage and hamburgers yesterday. Plus they had another broccoli rave. I mean, a heck of a spread and a great gang as well. Good day, just a good day at Marjan yesterday. All right, so let's go to the let's go to the phones, and my my old friend and my old partner AJ Munchak is on the line, and uh, he was the originator of the Mike Munchak Golf Tournament, which is going to take place later this month, and he's on the line with us to tell us about this year's event. AJ, how are you? Hey, Munchak and Cadero for County Commissioners. Oops. <laughs> I, I, my brain went. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing great, AJ. Good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, tell oh, us about the golf tournament. First of all, how are you? Well, I'm doing fine. Uh, it's it, it's kind of a little boring, you know, being retired. Uh, I, I'm stuck with uh, crosswords and the, the pool. So, uh, <laughs> okay. too bad I'm, to do, me. I'm doing nothing. Doesn't sound too bad uh, to me. Down in the villages, yeah, right? Just, uh, down in the villages in Florida, and you know, just uh, the age-old aches. Nothing in particular, thank God. Uh-huh. Uh But, um, but the family's doing fine. My wife, every, everybody's cool. Good, good. How about, your, how about you guys up there? Everybody's great, and we're looking forward to seeing you. Tell us about this golf tournament. You're going to be here for it, uh, along with oh, yeah. your nephew, Mike Munchak. Uh, tell us about it. Well, this is our 27th year. Uh, Mike and I started it 26 years ago, and he's raised over with his name, obviously. 
he's raised over $1.6 million for the United Way. Wow. So he, he's done a fantastic job. Well, the people have, you know, responding, thank God. But uh, it's uh, Monday, to June 26th. So I suggest for any of your listeners who are interested to call the United Way to get registered because it's almost it's sold out every year by the time it comes around. But you're two weeks away, so knock on wood, um, you can get in. Where is but it at, great. AJ? It really is. Where, where is it at? Oh, I'm sorry. At the Scranton Country Club. And, of course, it has gives you some stuff for breakfast and then, of course, a, a great uh, dinner at the end of the night uh, to award all the prizes. And and, um, it, and I didn't check the roster, so I apologize. I might be misleading. Every year they usually give out a, uh, a Cadillac wow. as a, a free drawing. But um, I can't – don't bank me on that. I didn't see the roster. Well, when you call in but about the, us again, you know, get the get the info we need, and uh, we'll have you call in again maybe the end of the week. Okay, uh, I, I will do that. Yeah, I'll find out about that car. That, because there's uh, – <laughs> Don't be dangling you know, a car that, in front of all of us here. <laughs> oh, Bob! It's so good to see you. I can't. I can't wait to give you a hug. Oh, man, well, How many years? It's been years. Oh, Twelve years. My goshes! I, yep, I, I yeah. said we were at different prisons together. <laughs> That's right. I had my vacation, you know, and I can't remember anything about it. Five and a half years out of my life, and uh, it just. Uh, it was a traumatic experience. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I, I and I see how blithely people uh, look at indicting politicians and uh, uh, Donald Trump included, and I say <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, especially when we were innocent. That's what that's what really got me. Well, that doesn't matter to the the feds. They don't care. That's true. That's, <laughs> That's true. irrelevant. They they That's... wonder if they can convict you. They don't. They don't worry about uh, whether that a silly thing like the truth. <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> well, you're right. You're. you're that, that's a hundred percent. Well, water under the dam. We move on and. Of course, it ruined my political career. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) I had had sights on Harrisburg. (laughs) Uh, Well, Well, A.J. Munchak, listen, it is Monday, June 26th, the Mike Munchak Golf Tournament benefiting United Way, Uh, shotgun at noon, dinner and all that to follow. And I, I could I could tell you from the many years I I was involved in it, it is a blast. It truly is. Yep. Yeah, well, as, as, as you know, I was I was chairman for the first fifteen, first fifteen years, and the good thing. Oh, the other good thing is uh, Michael. A lot of his uh, teammates come. Paolo Vecchio, Derico, uh, a lot of guys uh, show up every year just to support Mike. Yep. It's a good. It's a good thing, and it'll be good to see you, and good to see Mike, AJ. Thank you okay, very buddy. much, my friend. Okay, Robert. We'll talk to Take you again care, soon buddy. about this, and we want to remind the listeners again, uh, maybe later this week. Okay. 
Okay, partner. All right. AJ, AJ Munchak. The Munchak Golf Tournament, Monday, June 26th. Let's uh, just remember and mention again our veterans that we lost early in May. John Trombetta of Scranton. Thomas Chorba, late of Florida, formerly Dixon City. Jerry Higgins, born Manuka, PA. Dale Shellhammer, Hazelton and Drums, but late of Nevada. And Jerome Rempe, DuPont. And Jim George of Troop. All veterans we lost. Uh, I want to go to the phones, and she's been very patient. Anne, thank you for holding. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. What's on your mind? Uh, last week I attended my grandson's graduation, and um, <clears throat> when I looked at those kids that are going to go into the military, I got very saddened because I've been looking at a lot of whistleblowers from the military, and they said, do not let your kids go in the military today. It's very corrupt, and uh, keep them out of it. Because um, I read a lot where, like, the elites, the ones that are trying to have the, dominate the world, are financing both sides of the war. And um, years, years ago, back in the 90s, my son tried to get into the service. And he was, uh, he was all upset. He, uh, he went um, on the bus to New Jersey and all this, but he wasn't picked. Okay, my neighbor, her son was picked. Now I see her walking her son on a leash. He's blind from the Gulf War. Mm. Then I, I, I attended a wedding, and my husband's cousin was all decorated and, and everything. He was, and my husband said to him, was that was that?" to get control of their oil, and he shook his head. Yes, it was. It was all to get control of oil. And I read where <clears throat> these wars are all about G-O-D, not God. It's all about gold, oil, or drugs. That's all it is. And I just, can, I'm just ha- I, what can I do? It's, they're not my kids, but I'm going to pray for them, that they change their mind and they don't get involved in this at all. And another thing, my church... They had the Blessed Virgin Mary decorated in gold and blue. What is this, like a, a, a ball game where we're picking sides? Do you know the people that had to evacuate and leave their homes, live out in the streets with their kids? This is ridiculous. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it's clear who the aggressor is in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. But you're right. There, there are no perfect countries. And I, I don't know. I mean, you turn over $150 billion that you don't have, we're borrowing it, uh, to a country without any checks and balances as to how it's used. I, it's it's a difficult situation. And frankly, I've said this a number of times, had Trump or a normal person been president, it would not have happened. Because if the United States was uh, practicing energy dominance as it should, Russia would not have an opportunity and think that Europe would go along with them taking over Ukraine. And, uh, <laughs> you know, be- between that and his personal weaknesses. So it- it's-, it's something we shouldn't be fighting, that's for sure. My- 
my friend is like, oh, I gave all this money for Ukraine. I said, yeah. And did you read where his wife went on a shopping spree to Paris and spent $45,000 on herself? Did you read about that? No, I guess not. Terrible. Well, um, some organizations are taking care of the right people, and uh, they're, they're like, "There's a local church here." Then the, the what they're doing goes right to the people of Ukraine who are suffering mightily. But uh, listen, Ann, I thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks right. for not hanging up on me. <laughs> oh no, no, thank you for holding. We appreciate it. Okay. All right. Okay. Ann. Bye. Thank you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.